Hey, this is Jimmy Malone, and I am in the trenches. I want to start off with maybe something a little bit different, but, you know, we've always had uh, leadership issues, especially if you're younger or if you're in a smaller church. Everything's a little more intense because you don't have that separation of I'm the guy on the platform and I just come in from the side door. And No, you're, you're there with the people and intermingling with the people, and sometimes it's tough. Uh, when, when there are situations that you need to deal with, Everything feels so much more personal. And I remember I was reminded this morning I had a guy on a ministry platform asking a question about uh, what do you do about this super spiritual prophet guy who shows up to your church and all of a sudden uh, starts trying to take over the church and having secret meetings and all this. And I'm thinking, why is this even a question? (laughs) But I remember when I was brand new in ministry, my first church, I want to tell you about Harmless Harry. Now, Harmless Harry, he's, uh, he's prototypical. Uh, you know, what I found out over the years is I meet a guy. I, in my mind, I catch a name for this guy. This is, Harmless Harry is not just a guy named Harry. He's a whole group of people <laughs> because I've met Harmless Harry in lots of situations since then. And it's amazing how you run into the same situations over and over. There's nothing new under the sun. But I remember being a pastor of the small church. I just took over. We had like seven people, <laughs> and it was crazy. And God started moving and blessing, and we got like 30 people coming to this little church in South Arkansas. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm just busting it hard as I can. I'm first-time pastor. I've been in ministry for about 10 years doing evangelism, but I became a, a senior pastor. Now we're lead pastors. Next year we'll be, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what they'll come up with next? But you know what the gig is. You're in charge of a congregation, and you're supposed to lead them to Jesus. And um, this guy comes in while I'm, I'm, I'm there early one day. And this guy comes in before services. I'm kind of setting things up. And, and he goes, uh, hi, I'm Harry. Well, I said, hey, Harry. He said, don't mind me. I'm harmless. Now, first thing is if anybody ever comes up and starts telling you that they're harmless, uh, <laughs> they're not. It's just write it down. And so I remember thinking that that's a weird way to introduce how, you know, and something in my spirit just says, because uh, I, I believe hard and you need to pray. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit and he'll lead you and guide you and show you things to come. And something in me is just kind of like I'm keeping both eyes on you, harmless Harry. And so Harry shows up within the middle of the service, um, you know, and, and, and before this, I'm, let me back up. The first conversation I have with Harry, he's he said, I'm just come from Dallas, Texas in Fort Worth. I've been over there fighting devils, fighting witches. There's witches in them churches. And I'm going, okay, I am now keeping all attention on Harry. Because here's the thing that I found out is that some of the things, some of these people are Trojan horses. I mean, they're, they're coming in, you know, and, and bringing in satanic things and bringing in disruption and they're used of the devil. And some of them just have ego problems. Some of them just have personality disorders. But very, 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 very rarely is a prophet of God ever going to show up and act like that off the bat. That's bizarre. So I'm preaching, and in the middle of the service, Harry gets up, and he starts preaching his own service. And I can tell, I got a couple of these redneck deacons in the back, because, I mean, we're, I mean, I got a church full of nothing but farmers, truck drivers, and mechanics, okay? And this dude in the back is like, you know, he's giving me that look like, do you want me to take him down? Because I can tell one of my young, zealous deacons is fixing to take that boy behind the woodshed and show him how they roll in Arkansas. I'm not from Arkansas, but I can tell you, you don't want to go behind the woodshed in Arkansas. And so, anyway, I kind of waved him off, and I looked at I said, Harry. I said, this is my sermon. 
I'm going to preach this sermon, and I'm going to finish the sermon, and you're going to be quiet. And not only did I deal with him publicly, I wasn't mean, but there was, I knew I was dealing with a spiritual situation. This guy was being provoked, and I spoke to that thing, and I spoke to it with authority. I didn't make a big deal. I didn't call out the devil. I didn't, don't ever sensationalize the devil. Give the devil no press. But I knew it was the enemy, and I just said, Harry, you're going to sit down, and you're going to be quiet. And I'm going to finish my message. Well, then after the message, he's talking to me. He's all mad. He said, your church is full of demons. Your church is full. And I said, man, the blood of Jesus is more than any demon. And so you just need to find another place to worship, Harry. And so I ran him off. And, uh, and that's where a lot of people go, well, you know, he needs help. You need to reach him. Let me just tell you something. If somebody came there to your church with the idea of teaching you, you're the leader, and they came there to straighten you out, you're not going to disciple that person. And they're usually passive-aggressive. Oh, don't mind me. I'm not hurting nothing. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. I just love God, and I just am trying to help. I just want to see you help. I just know that you're young in the Lord, and I want to help you. You're a young preacher, and I just want to warn you about things. And a lot of times, they, they, you know, when you begin to push back, they get that passive-aggressive mess where they come in, and oh, I, oh no, 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 you, you misunderstood. I didn't mean to offend you. But they will. And I want to just talk to you about wolves coming in the church. You know, they always come in. Now, Harry was unusual in that he came in and rebuked me. There's another kind of wolf that comes in the church that they come in and they flatter you. And I've had a couple of these over the years in the same church, usually a couple, a few months later, as we were beginning to growing, and we're running like 70 or 80 people now, and things are really going a lot better than they were when I got there. Uh, there was a retired minister came in, actually a lady minister, and she was part of a well-known denomination that was recognized and, you know, didn't seem to be oddball at all. But she was retired, and she came in. She said, young man, I want to tell you something. She said, she said, I haven't heard the word of God preached with this kind of dedication to the scripture in decades. Everybody's preaching these self-help messages. Everybody's preaching this watered-down gospel, and you are preaching the real gospel. You are preaching the word of God faithfully. And I'm like, just, well, thank you. Praise God. And I'm like, I like this lady already. It's like the grandma from the church that comes in and tells you, hey, you're doing a great job. boy." Well, get a little further down the road, she starts teaching, starts doing Sunday school stuff, starts ministering, starts serving. No sign of any problem until one day 30 people leave my church to go to another church with her. And she told everybody that the reason was is because I came in and started teaching a false doctrine. She falsely accused me of teaching something, saying something that I never said. I even had tapes of the service. And I'm like, look. And I even sent it to these people, naively thinking that hearing a tape of the service and knowing what actually happened would make a difference. But they had already lost trust in me. She came in. She undermined. She showed me that she meant no harm. And then she undermined my authority. And because she was a lot more skilled in, 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 in uh, what is the word, a lot more experienced than I was, she knew how to win the trust of the people. And she took 30 of my people all at one time. As a side note, we were running about 80 people. We had 51 in small groups that I had started one small group and we multiplied out to eight small groups. These cell groups that were just multiplying disciples. Running 51 in cell group. The next week after we were gone, we were running 50. Only one person who was in a cell group 
left my church. But everybody who wasn't, and one person in the smell groups, left with this woman. The reason was because we began to build relationship and casting vision and, and, and preaching the DNA of what our church was about in the small group. And so what happens is, let me tell you something, the crowd can come easy, the crowd can go easy. Uh, those people are, that just come on Sunday morning, if they like it because of what you say, they're susceptible to be taken away by what somebody else says. But when you're able to put your heart into it, and they're able to see your heart, and they're able to have a relationship with you and with key leaders in, with whom you're in relationship, it will bind that church together, and it will keep you from being susceptible to those things. But one of these I caught harmless Harry. I caught Harry quick. I run Harry off. The other one was more subtle. And until she was gone, I didn't know she was a problem. And, uh, but one thing that I will tell you, I learned a long time ago, when people walk out in those groups, bless them, love them, because they'll see what's going on, and sometimes they'll come back. But you don't have to chase them. Don't chase people that don't want to be caught. There are many people there. I, I guarantee you right now, wherever you are, there are dozens of people within a mile of wherever you preach that would love to be discipled and mentored right now. But they have no idea who to ask or where to go. And so I want to encourage you, uh, you know, just keep your eyes open, but don't be afraid to be assertive. You don't have to be mean, but you be assertive. If somebody came into your house doing things that made your children uncomfortable, you would have no problem as daddy or as mama saying, no, you get out of my house. You do that somewhere else. And as a pastor of a church, you have to have that willingness to do that. Sometimes as pastors, we're just nurturers. And a lot of pastors, I'll be honest with you, most ministers that I know just barely under the service are super insecure, very super sensitive people who want to please everybody and who literally die every Monday morning when they imagine how embarrassed they are about what mistakes they've made on Sunday. Please don't be that pastor. Please don't do that. Because here's the thing I want to tell you, whatever you're doing for Jesus, you're doing it for Jesus. You say, Jesus, was that okay? And if Jesus was okay with it, you go on. Because sometimes when people are okay with it, Jesus ain't okay with it. And sometimes when people don't like you, you're doing exactly what Jesus told you to do. So I want to encourage you today. This is the word from in the trenches. I want to encourage you is that be on the lookout. There are wolves, and that's why a shepherd has to have a rod and a staff. The staff, you just nurture along the people. And you nurture along and help them, help them out of the situations where they get in. You, you catch them and try to get them out of that rock, they, that crack they've fallen into. But that's, that rod is there to protect. That rod is for the wolf. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of In the Trenches. We're going to be talking more later at different times about dealing with problem people. Uh, discerning the sheep from the wolves and those kind of things. But I want to encourage you today, fulfill the call that God has in your life and remember that you're not alone even when you're in the trenches.